This is Unclaimed Bands. Episode 26. Hey, music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands coming to you with another edition of our show. Tonight we're recording in Legendary Dobbs, 304 South Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Our guests tonight are Sasquatch and the Sickabillies. Welcome, guys. I appreciate you for joining us. Howdy. How are you? Howdy. Excellent. Can I go around and introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm Bob, the old man drummer. Dave Sasquatch, a.k.a. King Sickabilly, depending on what form you're on. Matt Mayhem, a.k.a. Matt Mayhem. Play upright. <laughs> All right. Excellent. We're going to jump right into this. Uh, you know, first question I want to ask you guys is, what do you think sets you guys apart from any other rockabilly band or band in your genre of music? I comb my hair with more love. And uh, I, I don't try to follow any certain criteria of ability bands. Um, I like reverb. I like hollow bodies. I like the filter drown sound. Uh, I like upright bass, and I like train rhythms. But I actually never listen to rockabilly or much psychabilly, even on uh, on my own, you know, MP3 player or the radio. I listen to a lot of uh, 60s stuff. Simon and Garfunkel, Jim Croce, all the way to uh, 80s metal. And a lot of blues and a lot of truck driving, honky tonk songs and stuff like that. Drinking songs, driving songs, feeling bad about yourself songs, punching people in the face, but never punching anyone in the face songs. No, no. Okay. I like violence that's controlled, promoting peace. <laughs> if that makes any sense. I like real uh, metal. Expressing the duality of man. Old metal, it. not new metal. And that, I mean, I listen to a lot of Slayer and Metallica and Judas Priest and classic stuff. Cool. You know, when people, you know, we're cool to each other. Not like these days. No, and I think that's what pulls apart. We listen to a lot of stuff. Frank Zappa, metal, blues, country. That doesn't sound very rockabilly to me. Not normally <laughs> I want, but... Yeah, but know. our image looks like we are. Yeah. So that's our fan base. Half of it is anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, the other half is the working class man or woman, you know, kids, older people. It's really... Our, I love our fan base because they welcome each other. It's not a click. It's a diversity in itself, you know? We try to make it that way. You are all welcome. Gotcha. Just because, like, with all the influences of all the different bands and all the music, it sets it apart from everything because there is really nothing else like that. Mm-hmm. When you take the influences from the country and the metal and the just everything, the trucker songs and the, the the heart and soul of everything, and you mush it together, that's what sets it apart. Well, you know, I, I hope I, that I, answered it. <laughs> no, no, you guys covered it well. I all think right, you know. I mean, no, yes, no answers there. A lot, of, a lot of good stuff. Good. I read a lot of positive reviews about you guys, and you know, one of the things I want to know is, what do you think is the, you know, the big thing that attributes to your popularity? Because you certainly are a very popular band. I think we are. I mean, I, we're broke, so I guess you know, when it rains, it pours, and the more, you, the bigger you get, the more bills. Okay. But we're, I think, still in the underground. Mm-hmm. We're still a, a DIY independent band through and through, full, full on independent band, unsigned. Every every signing of a, of a record deal we ever had went astray with bullshit. Yeah, you know, and uh, so we're just doing it ourselves now, running the downloads, printing our own CDs, getting our own shirts printed the day before a tour. Mm-hmm. We're doing it old school, old old. The only thing that's new school about us is Facebook, MySpace, Twitter, Reverb Nation, gotcha. and our and our, and our smartphones. Smartphones. Other than that, we're doing it like they used to do it. You that's know? good. It's it's hard though, man. It's hard when you have all these. 
Well, I don't mean that way. I, I think that a lot of bands, uh, a lot of bands rely solely on like the Facebook, the Reverb Nation, mm-hmm. and they don't go out, they don't press the flash, they don't tour enough, right. and if they do, it's in their backyard. So the question was, I didn't ever answer it. It's uh, say it one more time. Well, what do you attribute your popularity the to? The popularity to, I think, is the shock and awe is how it started. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sasquatch. That's that guy that pukes and lights his balls on fire. Well, that's the guy that tells everyone to go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. And half the crowd leaves and the other half comes back for the rest of their lives. Like, it's, we have a cult following and, and, and only the strong survive, though we want everyone to stay. We, usually, I'm the sponge up there. And I want everyone to yell, fuck you to me. Mm-hmm. While I'm yelling, fuck you to them. I said, listen, you worked all week. I'm the chance for you to yell at your boss and say, fuck you. You know, I, you know I, I am valuable as a human being walking on this, the same planet as you. You can yell, fuck you to me, and I won't be insulted. I'll absorb it. I'll take all their negativity out of the audience into my face and then spew out positivity. And hopefully they go home with a little stress left taken off of that. their chest. But a lot that. of people take it wrong. And then the negative gets spread around. Mm-hmm. They go, oh, really? He spits at his audience. He tells them to go fuck themselves, burns his pubes and pukes. So we start, it started like that. And we were a freak show. We were a freak show. And through the years, I went, you know what? Everyone's you're going you're gonna to puke tonight? Are you going to do that thing with the thing? And I was like, no, you know what? Now I'm not. Now I can't because now it's a friggin' circus. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm, not your, I'm not your clown. I'm a musician. I'm a songwriter. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fucking poet. You know, and I, I, I mean, I have a message since day one, even though I did all that stupid jackassy, you know, circus tricks on stage. Now it's about the music, man. It's about the message. And I stopped doing all that stuff. I don't know if that's going to hurt our popularity if we, you know, our songs are good enough to just be a band. But I think our popularity is the legacy that I created with all the crazy shit I've done. Exactly. I've done some crazy shit. Throwing shot glasses through bar windows, telling the owners to go fuck themselves, put it on my tab. Like just, I've, I've, I've called out everyone. Gotcha. With no fear. Yeah, between the the outrageous stage on stage shows. though, never off stage. Mm-hmm. I walk off stage. I'm sorry. I, I'll pay for it. Whatever you want. I, I, I mop up my own puke. I'm not a dick. But yeah, on no. stage, don't fuck with me. I'm here to help you. And I come from <laughs> both disciplines because I was a club booker yes. for years in a national club. And He's booked everyone from R.E.M. to Jane's Addiction and to he was, everybody. I always understood Sasquatch. And a lot of things that happen is that we, you know, I would run into some local musicians that were like, what do you want to censor? I go, the guy's Lenny Bruce. Get it? I mean, you uh, know, yeah. it's like, go with it. A lot, how many times you heard Sasquatch is such an asshole? Yeah, I mean, people would like look at me and say, oh, I don't know. There's a risk involved. I go, what risk? Having people go to your club? That's a risk. Because I walk off. I'm a pussycat and I, and I know it. It's, on stage, it's my exorcism for everybody's pain. Yeah, you know, it sounds to me, it's funny, but like, if you turn around and do that at some little corner theater, yes. you know, with some artsy group, they'd say, oh, it's performance art. Right, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm like walking in, there's a lot of thin-skinned people. Yeah. But you know what? It's you sad. go to a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Really really quick uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, you go to a restaurant and you have a bad meal. You're going to go home and tell 50 people. You had a good meal, you're going to go home and maybe tell three people. So yep. negative press sometimes expands your popularity. Yeah, it absolutely so does. I think that's why our popularity is spread, because we've been the bad the bad, the bad boys. Okay. Basically. Well, he got wait. drunk, fell off the stage. He did this. He threw glass, cut my girlfriend's ankle with his bare bottle. Like stupid shit mm-hmm. spread to the point where I was hearing things I did that I never did. Yeah. <laughs> like he bit <laughs> yeah, the head off Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Like I bit the head off Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I mean, I hope that answers. It's hard to answer it. Like, no, no, no. It's kind of like that. It's been a circus at my own, at my expense. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, so I have a cult following. I love everyone still showing up. It's amazing. Some of them I've seen eight, nine years coming to see us. So, hey guys, why don't we listen to one of your songs? How about we hear The Road Is Calling? Sounds good. All right, everybody, this is The Road Is Calling by Sasquatch and the Sickabillies. heard the road is calling by sasquatch and the sickabillies where can people get your music at guys you can download it on uh the, on the web www.sickabilly.com you can also find it somewhere on itunes use your little search engines personally i i'd heard about you but i didn't hear about any anything like as far as wild goes or anything <laughs> like that i just heard that you put on a great show i've calmed down a lot with you know? the antics okay, gotcha. i'm still me i'm still out of my mind and when i went, go up there it's a whole nother realm of consciousness mm-hmm. it takes me a minute to come back when i come off stage when people say oh a good show or high or this uh, i'm sorry i can't talk right just give me five minutes and I, I i have to just like change my shirt wipe my face drink a sip of beer and then i'm i'm back on earth gotcha you know i, I don't fake it and i've been knowing them and doing it for years and when i finally get to play with them i mean i yeah. could tell i'm telling you it's war bob, we go to war together bob has been playing drums for 30 something years yep. but I, he's, hardest fan i've ever been he's been a friend a fan and a mentor since 1991 when i met him uh-huh. so you know actually with everything you're talking about here that's kind of brings me to this i didn't know how i was going to fit this one in but tell me 
I don't want you to tell me about your influences like that, but tell me, what did you start playing that ended you get it all the way here? I mean, when you picked up the guitar the first time, the drums or the bass? What did I want to be when I first got a guitar? Yeah. I wanted to be Gene Simmons on a guitar. Okay. I wanted to be Vince Neil on a guitar. I wanted to be Nikki Six on a guitar. I wanted to be Ozzy and James Hetfield all combined. I wanted to be Mike Patton meets James Hetfield meets Ozzy Osbourne back when I picked the guitar up. Things have changed. Uh, I'm saying so. I, that's what I had all over my the, the walls of my bedroom. I had Metallica, Motley Crue, Ozzy. I had Dead Kennedys, mm-hmm. Megadeth, Simon and Garfunkel, and Jim Croce cassettes. And that's all I owned. I owned maybe 20 cassettes. And that's all the artists I had on my shelf. I can still see my shelf with the cassettes lined up. That's all I had. The Pink, Dead Kennedys, uh, Plastic Surgery Disasters cassette. The Jim Croce Greatest Hits, the Simon and Garfunkel Bridge Over Troubled Water, every Metallica album up to Master of Puppets, one Megadeth album, P-Cells, and uh, that's all. An Ozzy tribute with Randy Rhodes. Okay. And I'd sit there and just try to pick. And I'd just practice alternate picking. So after you, with that type of music that you were listening to, mm-hmm. okay, and obviously I can see a diversion there with certainly Jim Croce, okay? Yeah. How did that how did that start? How did you end up playing the music you're playing now? I mean, what drew you to it? I moved to Texas in 1995-96. Went to a Wayne the Train Hancock show. Go to waynehancock.com. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, real hillbilly swing, no drums. And I went to a show in Dallas visiting for 2 weeks and I walked up to the stage going, "I want to hear this country truck uh, run over my dog and my wife left <laughs> me bullshit and and I'm watching, I'm a double A daddy. And I'm going, what is this? And then it stopped. And I, was like, and I hear him, and he heard, I heard the singer call out one of the musicians, like, it's a drum solo time. I'm like, oh, where's the drums? And it's just a bass slapping, like I've never seen in my life in 1996. Uh-huh. Standing with my dreadlocks hanging. Big Mr. Bungle, uh, Frank Zappa, blues, metalhead is all, all I listened to. Mm-hmm. I was a, I had one of my better metal bands that yeah. played. And I'm club. and I'm watching and I'm and I, I was converted instantly. This is real honky tonk, hillbilly swing. I converted and I started looking for what influenced this guy. And I and I found Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. I found Hank Williams. I found Farron Young and uh Hawkshaw Hawkins and and the list goes on. Webb Paris. Uh Johnny Horton, one of my favorites. And that leads to like blues. Uh, I was already blues. listening to blues. Oh, yeah, like Little Willie I already liked Robert Johnson and Muddy Waters is always my favorite. Howlin' Wolf. But anyway. I think more like Lou Williams. Gradually, I started, I should put, try putting a guitar. Cause I started hearing these takeoff guitar players doing this chicken picking stuff. I combined that in my head with Kirk Hammett's mm-hmm. and Randy Rhodes, you know, shredding. I started adding guitar solos to my song as soon as I heard Frank Zappa's apostrophe album. Uh-huh. So oh, I had no Great guitar album. solos until then. I said, what am I doing with just riffs after riffs? Yeah, I can write a catchy riff, but can I throw a breakdown solo in the middle and bring it up and bring it down? And I think all those sides of the tracks that I was looking and walking down the middle of woke me up. It woke me up and, 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 and convinced me not to be just mediocre. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, <laughs> it does make sense. I'm trying to really go backwards in my little mental time machine and explain to you really sincerely, fully, no. without being full of shit, you know? It's no. funny you mentioned Ozzy, though. Like, the very whole reason I got into playing music was to learn how to play Crazy Train on the guitar. That was one was of my 16, first <laughs> wanted I got riffs. my first yeah. guitar. And Over the Mountain. to learn how to play that. That and Over the Mountain. It was the two songs. Yeah, I, exactly. The first two Ozzy songs I tried to learn was Crazy Train, Over the Mountain. Over the mountain. It's three notes, and it took me like a week. Uh-huh. 
Yep. And then I thought I was so I cool with my. With, with, was Ozzy. Yeah. So it's like a thread. Randy Rhodes actually. Randy Rhodes, man. And then for me, Tony Iommi in the first album, particularly the first yeah. album, because if you yeah. listen to Bill Ward play drums on the first album, there's a swing element to what he's mm-hmm. doing. There's a couple of songs. As a matter of fact, he used a big old set of Slingland swing drums in the first records that he did. So for me, you know, that was the whole thing. I always thought the swing drummers were the coolest, but I grew up on metal like everybody else. Right, you know? exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, and then before that, you know, maybe Ringo, but you know, I mean, it really, when it, the drummers that mattered came out or the rhythm sections that mattered came out, it was metal bands. So. Right. And that's the funny thing. Like I started off playing guitar, but then so did all my friends. And we tried starting a band with seven guitar players. It just wasn't happening. <laughs> so I broke yeah. down and bought a drum kit and we wanted to be a metal band, but we weren't any good. So we decided to be punk rock instead. So then I got into the <laughs> punk rock stuff. And then from there, found out about rockabilly and just one thing led to another. And here I am playing upright. It's bass. the metalhead <laughs> and hardcore and punk rockers retirement plan. Yeah. But only the true blue metalhead still. Listen to metal and still comb, and, and but now comb their hair. I'm just saying with grease, you know what I mean. It, it is a retirement plan, but it's for life. Mm-hmm. You're a metalhead for life if you ever really were a metalhead. And That's if true. you like this retro stuff and uh, you know the roots, you found yourself. You graduated and you actually have culture in your blood. Mm-hmm. You're not just you know a cookie cutted out thing you're trying to market yourself as. You just this is what we became, man. I'm not trying to be like anything. I would have changed a long time ago if this was cool. Gotcha. I don't want to be cool. Some of the worst mistakes people make. Finding Dave, myself. Dave, Dave didn't make was Dave did. I could tell as a talent buyer, I could say this, you know, Dave found himself. Dave stood out immediately. Dave was like, when Dave came back. From Even with my dreadlocks, Austin, I, was, I was different than everybody else around me. Yeah, exactly. Even my long hair, I was different. I, mean, I was always the black sheep of Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah, and took a lot of crap for it then. When nobody was around, they all look up to me. Oh, you're so awesome. You said you're going to make it someday, man. As soon as they're all together, hey, you're going to comb your hair? You're gonna do it? Like they, and they always like look at things and they pick at your weaknesses when they're in groups. Sure. It's really evil. It, it is. It's pack mentality. It's very much that. And I'm, I'm, I'm usually the butt of everyone's joke when everyone's in the same room. As soon as I walk away, I'm their god. So it's kind of like, how could I ever become egotistical? I know who I am, what I am, and what I got, mm-hmm. but I'm still a little turd that's trying to sprout out to a human being. Mm-hmm. I'm still lost. I'm still not found. All right. Hey, you know what? Let's take a listen to another track. This is Beyond the Sun by Sasquatch and the Sickabillies.
just heard Beyond the Sun by Sasquatch and the Sickabillies. You know, I want to switch gears here and talk about your touring. In the 10 years you guys have been playing, uh, well, since you've been playing, the band's been Inception, you've done somewhere around 2,000 shows. In less than, between 8 and 10 years, I don't, I've lost track. Somewhere I would now. say it's 2,000 shows or more. Doing that much touring, how do you guys, you know, keep it from getting old for yourselves? I mean, how do you keep it fresh so when you play there, it's not like, yeah, another fucking gig? Well, for one, it's always uh, a challenge because I have a lot of uh, different musicians that join me on tours or stage. So it's 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 constantly teaching somebody the songs or me reinventing my sound or, but basically I walk up there I <laughs> make believe it's the last time I'm ever gonna be on stage mm-hmm. and I make believe it's the first time I've ever been on stage at the same time, this is the first and last time I've ever walking on this stage, and playing these songs and I need to save the world because it's about to go up in flames. And is that what drives the intensity of every the single shows? time? And if I, a little reality comes in, the lights are too bright, the sound's feeding back, and lights in my eye, I lose leaving my body, and I get annoyed, and the whole experience is stale, and I just get through the show, and I walk off and say sorry to everyone. Because I need to leave my body to give you a show. Gotcha. If I'm distracted from leaving my reality, then I kind of suck. Yeah, you, be, you become the performer. You, you don't phone it in. Uh, then I then I'll suck and I pull myself apart and I'll come back to town the next time and blow your face off with 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 uh, determination to to be the best you've ever seen as as much as I can give not the best you've ever seen but the best I can give that, does that make sense Yeah absolutely or, 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 no it absolutely or, makes sense Well you know I'm kind of curious since you know you've been playing this long and you have this intense you know great live show and everything but what do you what do you think what do you think is wrong with the music quote unquote scene what's wrong with the music scene today in general i think everybody forgot where they came from and where it's come from yeah in every genre yeah i think it's a lot of people playing what they think other they what they think other people want to hear instead of playing what they want to write and somewhere along the line some hacks came along and ruined the whole formula found a shortcut hacked it put fake positive uh uh, energy on their face and went out and sold themselves and sold themselves out in every genre. And then somebody takes that and learns from that. And they learn and from that. Almost, so it's almost like, you know, when you make in the old days, when you made copies of cassettes, yeah. every generation got a little shitty. Everything sucks now. Yeah. Metal, country, hip hop, jazz, blues. Everything is watered Bullish. down compared to what it, where it came from. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember old 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 uh, old hip hop? I used yeah. to break dance to it. A little white kid on my on my little cardboard thing. Houdini, uh, uh, Nucleus, Run DMC, uh, Metal. We had fucking what did we have? We had Death Angel and Destruction and Nuclear Assault, Wargasm, Sacred Reich, Old Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer. Slayer. I mean, now compare all that metal. All right, now country. What do we have? Oh, I mean, like, you know, certainly yeah. Loretta Lynn, Loretta Johnny, Lynn Cash, Johnny Cash, uh, George Jones. That's um, the last, I think, golden, th- those are the last golden eras of country in the 70s. And then people started watering down that shit. And then we got, I'm sorry, Timmy Wynette and, and stuff like that. And, and it became like 70s Southern rock became 80s country music. Mm-hmm. Now you listen to it and it's like pop rock drumming. So if you want to learn how to play pop rock drumming, listen to a country chart. And, and blues sure. turn into white boy sweater blues. Mm-hmm. Where they don't really have any pain to play, but they learned how to make the pain face in the mirror. 
when they bend the note. And it's yeah. funny because out of Texas, there's some cat that's like a happens to be a black blues musician, and all his peer friends, because he's a younger guy, said black people don't play blues. It's like, dude, we invented it. Yeah. And now that people, I think, have learned how to animate themselves, mm-hmm. but they uh, they don't mean it. It, it sucks. Guitar heroes stripped, yeah. stripped all yeah. soul away from all music. Uh, Justin Bieber's and Dane Cook are the biggest, most paid entertainer and Lady Gaga, which is actually talented if she stops selling herself out like a whore with a with an electronic machine mm-hmm. uh, behind her. But I'm saying, think about it. look what's the biggest things on the charts right now. Jay Z, really, yep. really, every song he's just talking bullshit out of his mouth. Look at fuck, mm-hmm. look at all this shit we're dealing with. That's why I think music sucks today. I think people forgot how to actually have blood, sweat, and tears for your, for their craft. They don't have to anymore. Most bands don't even have to tour anymore. Two, you just have 2,000 shows. Yep. How come I haven't fizzled out and faded out and lost my mind? Well, guess what? I did. Mm-hmm. All three things. I've fade, faded out, I've fizzled mentally, and I've lost my fucking mind. And that's why my shows mean more to me now. That's what drives me to get on stage because I'm pissed off that I did 2,000 shows. And I've seen these douchebags on TV not even doing two shows. They're just up there singing to a machine, and they're getting a million dollars. Uh-huh. And walking away with egos. Mm-hmm. Their tour was a YouTube video. Yeah, so I'm pretty pissed yeah, off. True, true. You know? Dave, why are you pissed off? Why can't you just have fun up there on stage? Because I deserve more and I'm never going to get it. Gotcha. But I'm not going to quit just because I didn't get it. I'm still going to give you a genuine show and I'm going to tell you what I think. And I'm going to hug you and say I love you afterwards. Well, you know, that leads into my last question here. For people who are listening to this who have never seen you play and they want to come to a show, mm-hmm. what can they expect? Gonna, Real rock and roll. Sincerity. They're going to hear, go fuck yourself. I love you. They're going to hear both <laughs> things in the same breath from me. It needs to be a Hallmark card. I'm mad at you for not being real. That's the only thing I'm angry at. I'm angry at, I hate hate. I only hate hate. Gotcha. That's why I'm angry. Cool. Because I want everyone to love each other and be cool. I'm going to quote Ernest Tubb. Be uh, good to your neighbor and you'll have a better neighbor. That's so true. Well, you know, I want to thank you guys for joining us. Thank uh, you. Um, oh, thank sorry. you. Thanks for even uh, asking us to be here. It's, yeah, it's an I honor. Definitely appreciate it. Sorry, we're a little uh, on three hours of sleep, delirious and rattling off. I don't know what. And I know when I hear this, I'm going to say, oh, why did I say that? <laughs> nah, you're Shit. fine, man. You're fine. <laughs> Guys, where can people keep track with you? Find out where you're touring at? We're on Facebook, of course, dot com slash sickabilly. You can find us on reverbnation.com slash sickabilly. You can also uh, go to sickabilly.com to link us to everything. Uh, we're on. Uh, Last FM and uh, every site you can pretty much think about. Cool. We're on. cool. Thank right. you. Well, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands. And uh, until next time, everybody. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of Unclaimed Bands, its parent company, or subsidiary.